Come with us on an audio experience as we live watch one of the most unique films in the Godzilla series. Sit back and relax, get ready to sync your copy of the film, and most importantly, uncork your finest vintage bottle of Dr. Pepper. Because this is Kaiju vs. History commentary track for Godzilla 1985. Okay, welcome back to Kaiju versus History. We are pressing play on the film Godzilla 1985 right now. Commentary track, Miles, which means there's going to be a lot of dead air in this. Yeah. So New World Picture. Uh, we just heard Godzilla's roar from the New World Pictures logo, uh, which is such a weird thing to see. I dig Godzilla. that. I, I dig that. Honestly, the way this is starting up makes it sound <laughs> really epic. It feels like a return. You know, Patrick and I were talking about this before we started recording. Ray- Raymond Burr has top billing. Look at that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this in the States was kind of his film mm-hmm. to a lot of Americans. But, you know, because of the score that we gave Return of Godzilla, this trim, this being trimmed down, we might actually enjoy this a little bit more. It's been a couple of years since I've I've I, I've only seen this version of the film once. I haven't um, seen it since I was a kid. Uh, yeah. So right now we are just watching the credits. And if you want to double sync up the film, uh, directors of photography, Kazutami Hara and an American <laughs> special effects I'm, by Teriyoshi. Oh, it's so fast. They are flying through it. I think they were like, realize no Americans going to know who these people are. Oh, Lisa Tomei gets a screenplay screenplay credit there. Um, produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka. There we go. There's a good sync point. <laughs> uh, I'm digging these, these like flaming title sequence moments. Yeah, frick. Yeah, and that those, that, those my, were not that's indeed. a cool that's a cool font. It's a cool delivery. I'll dig this. 100 miles south of Tokyo. There all right. So there's our our points. Hopefully you are synced up with the, your version of this which yeah. we are we're watching for free online. Uh welcome back to uh, Kaiju versus History. This is a very special episode of KVH. Uh I'm your out of the ordinary Friendly Pepper Upper co-host Patrick. And I'm joined by a real burr under my saddle, Miles. Hey, Miles. <laughs> uh, this is our commentary track for 1985's film, Godzilla. I'm providing commentary on your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Live commentary. Uh, Miles, your first factoid for this movie, one of many that we're going to go over tonight, is um, did you know that this film came out in the U.S. in 1985? I did not know that. I mean, yeah, I guess, right you know, title. yeah, it's right there in the title. I should I should have known right there in the title. I, I, I gotta say, so far, the the um, dub voice work is pretty decent. I was about to say, I love dubbed Godzilla movies. There is such a great camp quality to it. It's how I remember seeing I mean, those Lisa Frank 
Gamera and those MST3K Godzilla movies growing up. I love. I'm sorry. Love, did you say Lisa Frank Gamera? <laughs> no, it's it's what it's not Lisa Frank. It's uh, I always uh, who, who did the Gamera dubs? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting off to a, a great start here. Great start here. Uh, Miles, why? Why are we? Why did this movie deserve an audio commentary track? Uh, an honor that we've only just uh, bestowed upon the original Gamera film. Well, there's oh, your answer yeah, right there on screen. Yeah. Um, I, you have seen this version before. Yeah. Yes, but it has been many a year. Yeah. And um, there's there's some not great elements of this version of the film. But one of the best things, I think, of. Really, some of the best acting in the entire Heisei series happens in this movie, and it's Raymond Burr giving his all to a character he played, you know, 30 years prior in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Well, I think as one of the reasons why I wanted to reappraise King of the Monsters is I think there is a a tendency to kind of push the American Godzilla aside, even though that's the one that helped kickstart it as a global phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And that's largely because of Raymond Burr's performance. And so him returning to the franchise was a big deal when they're bringing Godzilla back. So and we, we talked about it when we did that movie, which, you know, in retrospect, we should have done a commentary track for that one, too. But that film was re-released, the Americanized version, in Japan and did well in its re-release as well. It's a good version, and it's a cool remix. I mean, there is certainly a, a notable, noticeable difference in narrative thread. This one seems to be so far sticking to the original uh, Return of Godzilla release from a year prior. Yes, yes, uh, there, there is like whenever they do this, a lot of cuts that are made to this film mm-hmm. um, more so than the runtime would lead you to believe because they cut more to add in the American footage with Burr and the other American. But it's actors. still shorter than the it is still it is still significantly shorter. So the 84 return of Godzilla was one hour and 43 minutes. And this shaves down 16 minutes, the American 1985 version, to one hour, 27 minutes. But uh, <laughs> it adds in, I want to say, like 10 to 15 minutes. So it's actually like a half hour cut out of the original Japanese. Um, You talked about the fun camp of watching these movies uh, dubbed. And I mean, it's, you know, how we both grew up watching these films and I do enjoy them. Um, I also, you know, sometimes and for the longest time here until the 2000s, it was the only way to watch them. And it reminds me of an interview with uh, Tarantino, who is a a noted uh, martial arts, like 70s martial arts Shaw Brothers fan. And sometimes the only print you can still get is dubbed and so Mm -hmm. when he shows them at his theater he's like i understand it looks a little funny at first to a modern audience he's like so i always give people a couple of minutes to settle in get a couple chuckles in but after that you know if you Mm -hmm. can't take the movie seriously just because it's dubbed i don't want you in the theater (laughs) uh this one i think the dubbing is actually really good the 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 ridiculous 
acting in the movie comes from Americans speaking English, which we, right. we will get to those characters. Oh boy. This is, this is a, a great introduction to a Godzilla movie. We've got some other monster here. We got a giant sea lease that's seemingly flying through the air. Yeah. And I mean, life does fresh, nothing <laughs> with fresh eyes. It, I mean, because this movie, part of the reason we also did this one is because it has the reputation of being the worst American version. It has a really bad reputation. Mm. And I am so far. I'm digging it. I mean, this is a good return for Godzilla to to the American audience. They certainly add a lot more drama in here so far. And I'm, I'm appreciating that in terms of its musical notes. And I really think if I mean, there's so few. Uh, films before the Heisei era that have this kind of connective tissue, like the master stroke of, of getting Raymond Burr back for this character. He played so long ago is, is just really great. And uh, we'll talk about the gravitas and uh, yeah, the, the commitment he brought to both the character and to Godzilla as a, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I'm Burr firmly believed in the messaging of the Godzilla series. So I, I 100% understand, um, you know, why he might have felt a little slighted when this one came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they, they only added 10 minutes of new American footage, and it, it's pretty well cut throughout the the. The movie it's it's a lot of reactions it is very similar to godzilla king of the monster but is a, i think a little less raymond burr perhaps than that film so we're watching the scene right after the the boat mm-hmm. is discovered and they jump right into oh it's godzilla because i feel like in return they it, it takes this, a little while to get there i, I want to say uh, most of these the cuts are are in the, the beginning part. Um, Wikizilla has a great section on the U.S. release of the film. What is added, what is shortened, what is altered, and what is deleted. And there's there's a good amount that is shortened and or deleted from the beginning here. Which I think is great because the, the faster you get to the monster in these movies, I, for well, usually I mean, the I, better. Our, our big problem with the, with the initial film was its pacing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a little bit in our Return of Godzilla episode last week, but um, part of the historical context for why this movie is going back to kind of like a classic Godzilla story is nuclear power uh, was in mm-hmm. the news uh, very much so. Um, the Three Mile Island accident, the the partial meltdown of the Three Mile Island plant uh nuclear power plant was in 1979 so that at that point i think that's like one of the the largest um nuclear accidents uh, on the seven point scale it rated a five and for context on that fukushima and chernobyl were both sevens so at, at this point it is like the worst nuclear disaster in in the world and Obviously, there's still Cold War, uh, Cold War um, 
tensions, which we see in this film. But uh, I also love this is super random. Just watching these things, but I love Japan of the eighties. Like this, this popped up when um, uh, Drew and I were watching Kamen Rider Black, Mm -hmm. which is in the late eighties, and uh, obviously seeing a lot of the science fiction from the time, like Dunhead and 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 stuff. I I love this period of of Japanese film of the way the city looks look at those shoulder pads and this guy's mm-hmm. <laughs> suit yeah the it, it is so crazy to go from cue the winged serpents 1980s new york to seeing tokyo in in the, in the same time period because <laughs> it does feel like they're a decade apart you know they're just world yeah because i mean new york is just so grimy and which <laughs> it was at the time yeah Yes, in DD. So yeah, New World Pictures got the the rights for an American release of this film and decided to go the the same route that American producers did in the fifties and heavily re-edit it. Uh, so yeah, two, two, 10 minutes of, of new footage, and we haven't seen much of it. We've just seen a, a brief scene of Raymond Burr so far, but he is. While he's reprising his role from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, they do not call him by his full name in this movie. They do not call him Steve Martin in the movie. I can imagine why, because at this time you've got the rise of Steve Martin. That's already Uh, happened. He's already doing the yeah King Tut and uh, is doing his wacky shtick. Jerk had already come out (laughs) for for many many years. Yeah, he's he's pretty huge so they they call his character mr martin in this film i'm fine with that that doesn't bother me one bit no but it is i mean as a modern viewer it was bothering me the entire time even though it was from (laughs) 1906 yeah yeah i want to wait before you know until the movie finishes but i'm wondering if some of the the blowback against this movie is the dubbing because like just the fact that it's dubbed because mm-hmm. so far this has been a pretty decent experience. <laughs> like some of the, some of the dialogue itself could have been better localized, but as, uh, as, as we're recording this, our, our, our friend Mike just texted that uh, he realized there's a bench in a park near him dedicated to lives lost in the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. Is he listening to our live recording? <laughs> it was, it's like right when I mentioned it, he texted. All right. F- phone's going on airplane mode <laughs> for the rest of this movie. Too many. Glad we've had your full attention, Patrick. Too many distractions. Well, I just saw, I, I looked down at my I'm phone. Teasing. I saw Chernobyl. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, One scene I think that did just get deleted here was um, uh, Professor Hayashida showing photographs of the 1954 Godzilla attack. Which, which I mean, I don't think it's needed in this no, it is just funny that those are like <laughs> they're like production shots of that movie that they use. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I oh, wow, this to, are- I might have to get the 1985 Blu-ray from Second Sight. Although I will say. I need to look at their other kaiju stuff because I got my Biolante Blu-ray and 
the quality of the film itself is great, but the subtitles are mm. not good. Hmm. They're like t- they're like typed in. So there's a bunch of white space around all the words. And so there's like this white bar is like obscuring some of the picture. Never a fan of that. Never a fan of that. Which is weird because I've, I've had other releases of theirs that are great, but. Right. Makes me think they didn't use the actual um, Blu-ray release that came out a couple years ago. Here, here we are on the Russian sub, which is these are all American actors uh, <laughs> subbing in for Russians. And that's and I be- fine. I Are believe they, people. I don't think we talked about this in a review, but they had to um, uh, learn Russian like on set. So yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I was about to say, I wonder how how far off it is. Why didn't they just use the Russians they had? This guy's mustache is more Russian than probably half the Russian actors that came came to try out for this film. This scene doesn't seem shortened. <laughs> this Russian no. submarine scene. Well, I think they have to show the international threat. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Plus, for an American audience, you know, this is the height of the Cold War. Like, you're going to focus on things that an American audience might have more insight or interest in. And this, uh, the production value of that uh, sub, the inside, uh, it, it looks great, you know? Yeah. Great lighting here as well. Yeah, I mean, again, everything about this movie does seem to kind of go against the grain of the school of thought. This was some sort of uh, cheapy turnaround because everything new looks good so far. It well, wasn't just we, like we haven't seen. In. We haven't seen much new at all. But well, no, but like anything they have added, I mean, looks on par with the rest of the film. It doesn't feel so disjointed, you we, know, we, as some some of these cut apart movies do. We we haven't gotten to the the Pentagon scenes, which were filmed in a single studio, and I forget what I, I don't have it in my notes, but I want to say. It was a uh, a television set that they were using for. Oh, here we go. Here's the Pentagon. Oh, Dr. Pepper, take a drink, take take a swig. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a vending machine in a, in a building. It doesn't bother me too much. You know, in, in the the hollowed halls of the Pentagon, you've got a big Dr. Pepper. Beverage hey, so, sometimes you need to quench your thirst. Ooh. Five feet long. Love ooh, that. The, ooh, love that. Sense. No, I love it. I love it. Am I going to so, be the defender for Godzilla in 1985? It's a pretty simple, bare bones set here, but it's effective. It just yeah. it doesn't feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like a, a super important like 
uh, war room <laughs> for this kind of thing. But this is where the majority of these scenes take place. They they filmed all these Pentagon, all the new scenes, the 10 minutes, over two and a half days. So two days in this studio set, and then they filmed a half day at... Steve Martin's house, a, a ranch house in, in California. Um, but you, you'll see that's only like a minute of, of the footage. Let's see here. I think that was General Goodhue played by Warren Kimmerling is the, the the actor that we just saw. Okay. Shocking. I think these are original soundtrack bits. I don't think they really changed the soundtrack much for the American version. I think the opening title is different, but yeah, the, the interstitial stuff here is one of the reasons uh, I think we, we knock some points off with none of the Akira Ifukube tracks really to, to nail this soundtrack home. Uh, A lot of it is just, just kind of there and it sadly it feels like some of these main characters in the Japanese version it's like they're doing a great job they're there <laughs> uh but they're they they don't really wow Godzilla destroys Soviet sub is Japan in danger all of these headlines on the world watch world watches <laughs> <laughs> Holding that upside down. <laughs> yeah. Hands a little yeah. devil in it. There we go. Uh, this is one of the, uh, I think that's Crawford Binion. That's the lieutenant. No, sorry. Travis Swords plays uh, Major McDonough. <laughs> I forget if this footage. This this is in the original film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what got us into this mess in the first place. Yeah, I know. It's Nuclear like your weapons.
yes, let's feed Godzilla and and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And just about all the movies we've seen, no one has tried to nuke Godzilla again. Maybe two wrongs make a right, Miles. Didn't I thought they did? No, they did in Godzilla King of the Monsters 2016. They do it to wake him up. Oh, I'm saying at this point in the oh, 1980s, oh. N- none of the films. Yeah, no, they they uh, we know <laughs> retrospect. He he just eats up that radiation. Yeah, it, it's 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 num noms. And I guess and what Nabe was like, I got Dindin for you, buddy. Now go <laughs> go go chomp on Ghidorah. Wakey wakey, nuclear eggs and bakey. <laughs> Here's our CCP member going back to a ship. So much I don't remember of this film, and we just watched it. Really? (laughs) Yeah, is this guy with the nuclear Uh football? I forget. Got to keep that nuclear option open. It looked like it was <laughs> just on like a, a passenger uh, freighter, <laughs> the, the the Russian nuclear I, football. I can't remember. Is this score part of the original? The kind of 80s I, synth? I think so. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think I, I don't remember anything in the movie. I imagine if there is score bits for Raymond Burr's introduction. Those will be new. Um taking a look at taking a look at the notes here. Let's see. There is a credit for additional music by Chris Young for the nineteen eighty five version. So I imagine okay. that'll be interstitial stuff when we see Raymond Burr's character. I don't know why they don't use the frigate march here instead of this kind of almost cartoonish military style music. Well, like I said, they they uh, they went to Akira Ifukube first and uh, he didn't want to do any more Godzilla. And I guess they just decide it to was not use what they had because I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wanted a fresh start and. Sadly, just uh, it just doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. Like I said, just like most things, and it's very good. The, the score is competent, but there's no personality. Mm. If that makes any sense. Well, it's a little bit like this. Uh, this Godzilla suit mation that we're going to get in this movie. Is. I, I mean, even back from, you know. Our episode on Return of Godzilla, I do like a lot of aspects that they did to the, to the suit. Um, it is so cumbersome that it, and it shows so, but I think the suit doesn't like look awful. Mm-hmm. So we're about the 27 minute mark. I think this is where we're going to get our first land shot of, yeah, this is the nuclear power plant, I believe. Um, this is another scene that was actually, I think it's altered. I think there might actually be more destruction sequences in the American version, which, which is, is a complaint we had about the original, which is rare. Yeah. That there's more 
Let's, let's go to Wikizilla for for backup on that one. Oh, there he is. Old G-Man himself. I want to say it's this. It's a pretty good reveal, but I think I think the problem with this time is the suit looks solid enough, but everything else has kind of caught up with the times. So they're not darkening things enough to where he can look a lot more menacing. He does look a little plastic in that scene. Yeah, and it, it's it's rough it's, because it, just about every time we see Godzilla is in this kind of nightscape um, during the film. Because otherwise, I think it would look great, but that one pan up, it's the right shot to do, but just the way it's done, I it feel doesn't makes get the it... scale, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess my problem with this movie is is some of that. Yeah, here's... um. Of course, uh, Ken Pachiro Setsuma is in the Godzilla suit, and he's uh, and he's Godzilla the entire era, right? For, for all of Heisei, yes. Yeah. Uh, he uh, didn't originally have the job. They had another stuntman. The suit was fitted for who backed out at the the last minute, and he stepped in to be Godzilla, which is why the the this suit is not formed to him, and he has had a little bit of difficulty with its weight, with its. You can tell um, size. Yeah. And it's so funny just going to Godzilla versus Biollante, which is a new suit that is tailored for him. You can you can tell that there is a, a huge difference in the amount of movement that they have. Great shot there of the foot coming through the, the ceiling of mm-hmm. the nuclear power plant. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, so far, I'm I'm digging this cut. <laughs> Miles. To my knowledge, there's only three other Godzilla movies in which he does not fight another monster. Can you name them? Are we uh, counting Mechagodzilla? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mechagodzilla is a monster. I, I guess not counting Godzilla King of the Monsters, but. Oh. So. Total of three movies. That he doesn't fight anyone, right? And we're not I, I counting the original so. Gojira. No, that that's one of them. There's okay. So we got Gojira. I think there's only two more. Uh, Return and what's the other one? I mean, there's two more uh, besides those two. To my knowledge, you may not count it, but. The 1998 TriStar Godzilla, he does not fight another. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant specifically Toho movies. No, but uh, another Toho one, he doesn't fight another monster is, of course, Shin Godzilla. Oh, you're right. So it's, I mean, it's very rare. I I guess I wasn't thinking that far ahead, but yeah, he doesn't. (laughs) Very rare in in Godzilla movies for there not to be another monster. Oh, great shot of the birds flying Mm -hmm. away from the the nuclear power plant. And I I think what gives Shin Godzilla the edge is because it's such a different vision of Godzilla. And I Mm -hmm. think it has something completely new to say, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But it's. Oh, here's here's a great shot, Miles, of Godzilla toys in action. Look at this thing. This is looks like a Dinobot. 
Yeah, well, I, 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 I thought it was going to be a Godzilla toy, but fortunately, it's just a Godzilla-like toy. This feels like something straight out of a Steven Spielberg film, yeah. you know? <laughs> Military man with uh, the glasses. I'm, you know, Raymond Burr kind of looks like late stage Orson Welles here. Uh, you know, when I think originally uh, had seen him in the 80s doing, you know, the revival of uh, the Perry Mason stuff, I thought it was because they, they look so similar with the the beard. Mm-hmm, they really do. Also, R.I.P. Perry Mason from HBO. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it got a, so good. a second season, but <laughs> I know. Uh, but I just I loved that so much. That was so good. Super X. I wish they didn't call it Super X Attack Point. Just call it Super X. So the, the translation probably is from the Japanese. I know, script. but like just the attack plane part just like kind of undercuts the badassery of Super X. Super X. Love watching these uh, 80s movies because like everyone smokes everywhere. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Doing science on the kaiju. Kaiju science. So a factoid that will get reinforced in Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is indeed Godzilla is a mutated dinosaur. Uh, something that they've said since the original Gojira 1954 Gojira, yes. but ha- haven't really like elaborated on too well, much. Like I what kind of dinosaur? They initially also said that like the nuclear testing just woke Godzilla up. Not that it did anything to Godzilla. Yes. Probably in the 1954 version that that was correct. Like these things just existed and, you know, the, the Gojira monster was a part of like the, the Japanese Japanese fishermen's lore and things like that. But yeah, I, I feel like they did mention maybe like the, the radiation did, you know, make Godzilla. Impervious to harm or something, but. I'm, I'm excited to get to versus King Ghidorah because that one's the one I feel like I've seen the most of this era as a kid. Really? I think so. Huh? That one in space, Godzilla. Yeah, because I don't think I saw Biollante until I was an adult. It was just so hard to come by, you know. Some great on location shots mm-hmm. for the the volcano and things like that. And in, in this, yeah, film. these are great shots.
Do you remember how old you were when you first saw this movie? Uh, the original 84. Yeah, the, the Godzilla 1985. Yeah. Or 1985. I mean, I definitely caught it on, I, I want to say like an HBO or one of those things in the, yeah, the 90s. I, I feel so like HBO had like it's probably 10. rights to Godzilla because um, I, as we talked about in the Biolante episode, if that's already out, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> the movie didn't go to theaters here, but it did mm-hmm. go direct to HBO and the VHS, which uh, I actually have a copy of now. Uh, not, says that's, HBO home video. Yeah, not not by Alante, but um, uh, we haven't talked about Godzilla 1985 did open up in North American movie theaters, um, 235 movie theaters in, in total. Uh, it's opening weekend grossed about half a million dollars and finished with a four million dollar total gross, which is pretty, pretty low for the time. But and, yeah, and people remember champion this movie didn't seem to like this version uh roger ebert notably did not like it despite the fact that what didn't he give like q like three and a half stars <laughs> yeah there's th- there's not a lot of love for it we'll, we'll talk about that when we get kind of towards our rating of of the film um I, I like using this uh, 54 footage i think it, it, it adds something as opposed to just seeing photographs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where are they getting these American actors who can't even pronounce Korea? Korea. 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 Yes, he's in the suit. Raymond Burr is back at it. Oh, what a great delivery. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You plop him in these... You know, not great American actors, and it elevates every scene. <laughs> I was like, who are you to thank God you're here? Wow. Completely giving the thesis of like this podcast and kaiju movies. Godzilla (laughs) is like a hurricane. Yeah, I think the the inclusion of these scenes are pretty great. So that is that's the line that's in the American version. 30 years ago, they didn't find a corpse, which is is not information that is in the return of Godzilla. Um, and I mean, it's technically correct because like the audience sees the skeleton, but I don't think anyone else does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going down diving for for the bones. They I mean, in the fiction of that story, they set off this bomb and then Godzilla never comes out of the water again. So they're like, I guess cool. it worked. Fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it just took using a, a new super weapon on the world. But Godzilla is done for. And I actually... I, I think the the inclusion of of Burr actually would have helped 
or a character character like that would have helped the mm-hmm. original movie because you have someone's like, yeah, I was there and this didn't work to begin with. And yeah. it could have undercut all of these like, you know, hand wringing uh, NATO scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we were there last time and uh, this this nonsense didn't work then. So let's let's <laughs> skip to the part that makes sense. Just about all the Pentagon scenes are the ones that rile up fans of Godzilla the most. Uh, we haven't gotten some of the egregious uh, Dr. Pepper drinking. <laughs> we, we've gotten a little bit of the product placement. But... So why do people care so much about product placement? Like, I don't mind it. And to me, it kind of sets the movie in a reality. Like, I have I have products in my home. I have <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red. 15 feet away from me. Like, well, it's not not just that, you know, the 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 jokey American characters that they added in. Sure, sure. You know, definitely clash a bit with the tone, but Raymond Burr grounds it so well. He like kind of counteracts anything. And oh, I mean, he get, he so, gives <laughs> such a great performance. Supposedly, uh, I think they tried to get him to drink Dr. Pepper on film. And, he did, and he refused. And <laughs> refused. So that, that's why we get these other characters drinking it later later on in the film. But yeah, um, because that's what we talked about. is like how he he believed in the severity of the story that's being told in the franchise. Like, you know, Raymond Burr actually takes Godzilla pretty seriously. Yeah, and which is awesome. I, I love that about him. Because... Let me see. Man, it just movie is flying by. We're at the 40 minute mark and Godzilla yeah. about to, to touch down. Interesting fact here, and I'm not sure if we talked about it, but there are technically not maser cannons in this first film i think they they look incredibly like it <laughs> the the major cannons that we first saw in mm-hmm. like war of the gargantuas they call them the n1-00 um weapons in this movie i think so, they're used in the uh, the godzilla mobile game yeah we're we're going to get i think official major cannons in versus biolante and a lot of the other heisei era films but not quite yet in this one. Just, just it seems about everything. They just didn't go that one extra <laughs> step, mm-hmm. you know. It is so uh, wild how similar in tone. I want to say this movie is to the 1976 King Kong remake. You know, they they really did capture that form of redux and, and yeah, I mean, in, in God's and what's fun is, is, I mean, I guess this is, is this the first legacy sequel? What, what do you mean? Like the first, like, like Halloween 2018, you know, where it's an, it's a sequel to 1954's Godzilla, but it's ignoring everything else. And specifically just, just making a modern kind of reboot slash sequel to the initial film. That's a great question, Miles. And they're they're just because there are so many um uh films in, in the in the kaiju genre that they, they really do cross a lot of those barriers first. Maybe you might be able to argue that the 00 series, 007 series has done it first with changing the actors. But between films, but those things also like, you know, Bond exists. Let's go. 
Like, yeah, I, uh, I feel but, like the first time Bond does that is Casino Royale. I was about to say they have some of the background characters that um, go over the different uh, 007 actors, right. but it, I can isn't see really. I, I don't think any of those movies like skip continuity because they are right. their own kind of world, you know. But in, in general, it's pretty rare for there to be a lot of continuity between the Showa Godzilla films. So I'm actually low key mad because I know that they did uh, based off the 76 and the uh, 86 King Kong made the universal ride. Mm-hmm, I I, mm-hmm. I wish they had had a Godzilla one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know there's a theme park in Japan, but there have been several Godzilla experiences slash rides throughout throughout history. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they I, really I think only... Universal has the Skull Island one now, which is it was fine. But like, I want I want Big G. <laughs> I think they really only came into prominence in late 90s early 2000s yeah, for sure they, for sure for sure they, they started filming like original uh godzilla content for for those rides which you know you can yeah, get bits they, and pieces of online but doesn't really show you how awesome that experience would have been they they've been doing that for a while because i know in the 90s they did a, a terminator 2 themed experience where they filmed like I think 15 minutes of like new footage with the actors because it's like on their imdb credits um, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that have filmed stuff for rides, and I feel like Godzilla in Japan has done that. I know they have that zip line uh, that goes into Shin Godzilla's mouth. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw someone doing that on TikTok. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> Seems like a fun ride. Yeah, <laughs> fun experience. I, I gotta say, like even these Godzilla scenes, like because the movie clips along, it feels like they're working better. Like it because it, we didn't take as long to get there because they kind of edited some Godzilla stuff in there. It just it feels like these disaster scenes are working a lot better in this iteration of the film. I mean, like I said, this has been action packed so far. It's yeah. Really- uh, I think the majority of those cuts are made early on the deleted scenes and shortened scenes. I mean, like I said, I, I think I think we're going to be the, the defenders of Godzilla 1985, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> a classic Hollywood stunt. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like there still, was a lot of that in the 80s. Honestly, anytime someone's on fire, like. Having worked with fire a little bit, um, that stuff impresses the crap out of me. I, I, there's no way if someone's like, oh, we're going to light you on fire, that I would be like, okay, let's go. So this this cut for the film uh, caused some some ire as it was cut to make the, the Russian look a little worse here that he like wanted to fire the, the nuclear missile. As opposed to like, you know, Stop uh, it. in response to the the U.S., I think having already fired a nuclear missile. Ooh, some some great shots of people running uh, askew there. 
almost forgot all about the cadmium missiles. Yeah, have they mentioned the cadmium missiles? I think just now. <laughs> okay, so they haven't gone the whole like, oh, this is what we're doing to. Yeah. Right. All right, we've got got some great miniature shots coming up here of. Godzilla coming through. I love this shot of Godzilla in Tokyo. I would love to see a cleaned up version of this. It's such a great look. Yeah. <laughs> so right there in that shot, we've, we've got a poster for Ghostbusters in the background. Uh, <laughs> right, right as the... Uh, the helicopter drops uh, this Ghostbusters opened in Japanese theaters 13 days before return of Godzilla in 1984. So oh, nice. The, but I mean, you know, they, they had the forethought to put that in there even before the movie came out, which is pretty, pretty crazy. So one detail we didn't talk about is I do love that. Like when Godzilla is stomping through the city, like the fact that there are sewers and, and, and things like meaning that a creature of Godzilla's size and 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 weight would have difficulty walking around. Yes. You know, he, he kind of like, you know, foot goes through one of the streets. I thought that was such a cool detail. <laughs> this train scene is so good. Uh Yurakuchko station is uh is is the the station that we see this train coming into or out of. Um there is now a Godzilla statue that sits behind the Hibaya Chanter Toho Cinema right there in, in, That's awesome. uh, in downtown Tokyo Metro. And it is based on the the the, the, the statue is based on Hideaki Ano Shin Godzilla, but uh, it, it's put there probably because of this destruction sequence. Um, the scale here, I think, sets Godzilla really well and kind of, oh gosh, quite an <laughs> urban renewal program. Uh, Raymond Burr is not acting here. He's just disgusted with the script. Oh boy. I think those buildings that we just saw in, uh, it's the Shinjuku Mitsu building is 225 meters tall and, um, I know the, the the ones we're about to see from kind of a ground up angle are about that tall, and they they do dwarf Godzilla at eighty meters here, even though he's been enlarged since his Showa era days. So, so those, what's those buildings about, are probably eighty meters there. What's interesting about the scene we just watched with Raymond Burr is that he interjects that Godzilla's looking for something. If only we could figure out what, and I. It adds such an interesting idea to this movie mm -hmm. because, I mean, really, why is he stomping through Tokyo if, unless he was looking for something specifically? And I really like just adding that that idea into this film. Well, one of the great things about the early Godzilla movies is they establish that it might just be attracted to different forms of radiation, including right. light sources. They use the flares in Godzilla raids again to kind of draw it out to see. And this one, the idea is they they're going to use like 
the the frequencies that birds hear to to do the same thing. But yeah, Godzilla just sees a bunch of lights in Tokyo and is like, those gotta go out. <laughs> Taking those <laughs> those out. Papa's gotta sleep tonight and I can't with all this racket. <laughs> Oh, I forgot all about our our lovable tramp. Yeah, uh, <laughs> raiding the the high end high rise restaurant. <laughs> I forget what <laughs> was there a character like this in the seventy six King Kong, or was it just Jeff Bridges and uh, them going to that restaurant? That makes I think me think it's of that. Just scene. them. It's a classic character. <laughs> Reminds me so much of the kid from Space Monster Mong. Uh, Wong yeah, Mongly. It, it, it's that kid growing up. Like that kid is not. What if care. that's that's canon? <laughs> that's a canon event. This kid is always getting into trouble with with kaiju. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how old this actor is supposed to be, but I don't know if the the ages <laughs> match up. <laughs> oh, this is about man. twenty years after that. Just don't get don't like I think you just got to town. So do they do they lure Godzilla into Tokyo or are they trying to push him away now? I'm not sure what they're doing. They're like, oh, oh, they got his attention. <laughs> oh, taking, taking some of the explanation part out of the movie is probably not the best move here because <laughs> this is kind of confusing. Oh, here's the laser cannons. Some great tail building destruction scenes. Uh, yeah, so I think. How terrifying would it be to be at the top of a building during a Godzilla attack? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to go to that hotel in, uh, I think it's in Tokyo, where uh, it's the Godzilla hotel. So oh, like yeah. the windows are set to where like Godzilla is like, peering in. Yeah, there's, there is one Godzilla suite there, which has like, posters and memorabilia and stuff but there are tons of rooms that have a view of the Godzilla head from various angles and there's also a deck where you can go and like see it up close um if you can't, I can't imagine how much that costs again <laughs> the Godzilla suite is pretty expensive and it books up pretty far in advance but you get a a bag that you can only get by staying at the hotel um, and, and some other fun amenities. But um, 
How much is it? Do you know? Uh, it's you know, it's not that bad. It's a couple hundred dollars more than their standard rooms, but it is one of their suites, so it's like a larger room mm-hmm. than than most in the the hotel. I, I have looked it up because I've looked at prices yeah. and things. Like I would want to go there for like one night. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, if I'm planning my trip to Tokyo or to Japan, I would only be in Tokyo for a couple nights, and it might be hard pressed to go to mul- multiple hotels. But that one would probably be worth it. All right, here's the X2, <laughs> and it's kind of RoboCop esque music that it comes into. <laughs> yeah, into. it is. It is a little RoboCop esque. That's good. I think miniature shots like this are are great. It's it's really only I mean, towards the end of the film when the the buildings start towering over Godzilla that it the scale yeah changes. here yeah. So th- this I, shot here is the uh, Shinjuku Mitsu building and the Shinjuku Center building, which are over two hundred meters tall each, and they they do. I mean, more than most, really dwarf Godzilla and. Kind of makes him feel like a little kid in a uh, <laughs> like a jungle in gym. a candy store. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would admit I'm the building. One of one of my all time fantasies is to be able to be in a model city like exactly like this in a in a monster suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think the perfect height is you know for for kaiju is some buildings just a little bit taller and then most like shoulder or below yeah kind of height. For... And they kind of changed that for Godzilla in this era specifically. Well, I mean, there's so many districts in Tokyo. You just don't set it in the downtown district and you're fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like, I I mean, I love I mean, spoiler warning for a couple of years from now. I love the uh, legendary series, but I don't like how they are bigger than every building. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like, they I mean, are. I don't hate it, but I kind of wish they were, you know, a little bit more on par. Well, they're the the first legendary has what um, San Francisco and mm-hmm. they do show some uh, just downright tall skyscrapers. But the time when oh, here's the cadmium missiles doing mm-hmm. doing the, the Lord's work, putting the big G to sleep <laughs> uh, in King of the Monsters, uh, Legendary's King of the Monsters. Boston doesn't at that time didn't have like really huge skyscrapers and they destroy them pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know, showing something I mean, like Fenway Park getting destroyed by King Ghidorah works, which is quite pretty well. fun. I'm not going to yeah. lie. You know, it's the, h- hilarious because it is called the green monster out there <laughs> in right the, in the left field. Um, but I mean, it, I guess I'm, I'm thinking like Godzilla versus Kong, if I recall, like Kong does kind of pop off off some buildings as like wrestling ropes at some point. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, this one, he's like literally sleeping on a building, uh, which is the Shin. Oh, he topples over like a drunk toddler. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, this is the Shinjuku uh, Sumitomo building, which. If you go and and look at the actual building versus the model it is so spot on. This scene just providing commentary of what we just watched is like, yeah. Oh, right. But I also love that Raymond Burr is like the voice of reason. 
Yeah, and it's like it, it, the Japanese know he's not dead. I don't know why they're they're watching, uh, thinking he's he's going down. But this does. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a rarity in any Godzilla movie for him to be incapacitated in such a way, which is why it feels kind of odd here. I mean, yes and no. I mean, there are plenty of movies that like use the villain's arrival to like beat the tar out of Godzilla. Only for Godzilla to kind of come back, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the Gigan movies did it and uh, Mecha Godzilla does it as well. Where Godzilla kind of is incapacitated for half the movie and then pops up out of the water. Right, right. Help King Cesar. I do think these Pentagon scenes help to clarify this action of the the atomic launch, even though, you know, it was an American missile in the Mm -hmm. original, right? So edited to show that the Russians doing this strike is kind of kind of poor taste <laughs> i mean but it's it's the american I, version I, I maybe the russian disagree. version doesn't i don't disagree but at the same time I'm like of course that was going to happen with an american movie in 1985 mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah the uh producer anthony randall stated on this change uh, that was a complete joke I did. <laughs> you know, he, he's in the editing room. I did it. I remember looking over the film and trying to figure out how we were going to integrate scenes. I had a really funny idea. Let's make it so the Russians start the whole thing. And he went on to say, I, I take 100% blame for that. And to this day, I get the biggest laugh about it because it was the Reagan <laughs> era. And because I made it look like the Russians started the whole thing. <laughs> it was a 1980s joke. And yeah, I, I you know honestly I respect that. <laughs> That's that that is kind of the joke. If if you go back and watch the original film versus this one, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what happened. Why does the computer without speakers have sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> Reagan Star Wars. And maybe act with a little more haste. Like it's the bird is literally in the air. <laughs> I, I love that remember is like just like y'all don't know what you're doing <laughs> like he's almost like godzilla's avatar on earth <laughs> so yeah I, I do think these scenes are are integrated pretty well between yeah. the the japanese war room the american well, pentagon i mean it's it's like i was saying i mean unlike a lot of the compilation movies or movies that are using stock footage from other stuff i mean this is all I mean, one, this movie had come out a, a year prior. And so everything looks, I mean, of the time it's integrated pretty perfectly. I do think some of this, the, the scenes with the reporter and everyone gets lost in translation. Like, yeah, we don't know what they're doing and why, but they also help add drama 
to the scenes, but like the whole scientific reason they're there is tenuous at best in this particular film. Yeah, but this is this is the action bits that do kind of hold together this third yeah. act, I guess, of of the film. And like I said, you know, when you're looking at what to cut, you, you don't want to cut stuff with this kind of high production value and mm-hmm. you know add suspense. Agreed. I mean, you, like can, you don't want to cut out any any of the good city stuff like this. I I get it. It does. It does feel a little tonally whiplash from <laughs> longer Pentagon scenes to, mm-hmm. to this kind of action. But yeah, this didn't really do it for me when we watched Return of Godzilla and um, <laughs> all, all the the glass stuff is coming. <laughs> get to get to get step out of there. Uh, we should probably start talking about reviews for this this film. It has. A lower rating than Return of Godzilla on on most sites. Nineteen eighty five has universally kind of disliked for some reason. It has a twenty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and that's up from a few years back when it had a twenty percent from both reviews at the time and you know kind of modern reviews. Uh, but yeah, when it came out uh, in the U.S., most of the reviews were negative, so it would have been pretty low. Uh, a stinker, as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned, fares a little bit better on Letterboxd, and I think IMDb uh, on Letterboxd, where they do five-star ratings, it has a three-star rating, which is, you know, pretty good, actually, as far as these films go. I just... I mean, I understand that Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate website of the times and that that's what it is. It's it's positive, negative, nothing else, mm-hmm. but still 27% just seems super low for this movie. Like it's, I, I understand that like it, it doesn't hold the punch of 54's Gojira or 56's Godzilla King of the Monsters. But as far yeah. as a legacy sequel and, and possibly the first, um, it's just really solid. Yeah. Well, it is funny because, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters had very good reviews, which is one of the reasons it became so popular worldwide. But there's not even I mean, there's barely any reviews online for the original return of Godzilla just because it, you know, didn't really get I mean, a release here. Yeah, it, it didn't get a release until the, the Blu-ray came out um, about 2007 ish, 2004 or something like that. Mm hmm. Um, I, and, and I mean, my 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 criticism of this movie is is similar to my criticism of Return of Godzilla in that it doesn't feel it doesn't have the the impact that Gojira or Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters has. But I think this is a better job of delivering that Return of Godzilla story, despite the fact that it's a little more awkward in its cuts. I. So far, I mean, we're we're getting closer to the end. I, I feel like this is the way to watch the movie. <laughs> Two minutes to impact. we're synced up a little better thank you might be a little bit of ahead of me what uh what part are you at 
They just said too much impact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give us a little break to catch up. If you're listening to this, we're having audio difficulties in syncing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, watching at the same place should have. You should have flown me up there so yeah. I could just watch this yeah. with you. <laughs> do the do the countdown. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm at 107.31. No, the the countdown to the eight bomb. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. The bomb just went off for me or got detonated. Yeah, it's just blew up for me. So I'm probably a little bit behind. All right. Let me pop pop over a couple of seconds. Everyone go ahead and sync accordingly. (laughs) The sky is red. Yeah, some imagery that'll come back in Godzilla versus Destoroya, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the this the image of Godzilla like sleeping against the building is super chill. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> he just takes a nap for a little bit in the movie. I love Remenberg giving that guy what's what. Yeah, it's like I I know about nuclear fallout. Here's here's the thing. What is Remember there for? Like, I love they brought him back, but like, oh, we need you. And like, he has done nothing. (laughs) He's he's the Godzilla expert. But I mean, he really was just there in the, you know, remake original remake to document what was being right, 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 no, no, no. I get that. Um, but like, like for, for the Americans is like, what, what, ser- what purpose is he serving? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you what a purpose he's serving for us. He's, oh. he's, he's uh, making sure this movie doesn't get knocked down a full point. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Some atmospheric lightning action. They're doing a better job with the animatronic because of the shots they've taken out. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's maintaining its impact more so than the other one, even though we got to see more facial expressions. Yeah. We, we talked about it in our review of return, but they had the the large animatronic that they, they used a great deal. I want to say, you know, more in, in the, the original and maybe cut out some here in the um, the 85 cut. Or at least shorten them. I, I just don't feel like we've seen it as much. Mm hmm. Am I mixing stuff up or did we, they just cut out the whole bit where the different uh, military guys all shot Godzilla 
on the skyscrapers? Um, I know in this section they deleted the shots of the the life size Godzilla foot with with some soldiers, um, uh, where he's like crushing parked cars and things like that. But I don't know about the shot from that you that you're talking about. So maybe I'm trying to think because there is a shot where like there are three different guys set up. And they're all shooting at Godzilla, or is that further in the movie? Maybe they they did reorganize some of the Super X fight in, I think, in the original. Godzilla uses his breath weapon before they take him down, and here it's edited to after. I guess maybe to make it more climactic, right? But, but no, there's that that scene where like you have the different guys. Uh, on the skyscrapers and they're all shooting the, is it the cadmium bullets or whatever into mm-hmm. Godzilla? I guess that would have been cut if, uh, if we've already gotten to that point. Yeah. We haven't talked too much about the Japanese actors just cause Raymond Bird takes up so much time here, but, uh, um, Akihiko Hirata was originally intended to play the doctor, the professor role in this movie, Dr. Hayashida, but, um, he came, became very ill, um, before they began production and mm. did pass away before the film even released. So fortunately we w- would not get him in a, a final, final film role. Um, Yusuke Natsuki it plays plays the doctor in this movie, and we previously saw him in Gita the Three Headed Monster as Detective Shindo. Yeah, I just I love the pyrotechnics in these these movies. They look so great. We're using just real fire and yeah. to a great effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll they'll go even harder on the in-camera special effects in versus Biolante and, and things like that, where they won't even, um, the, the Godzilla suit itself will light up. The dorsal plates will light up and they won't have to use the after effects. Um, the, the actress, uh, Yasuko Sawaguchi, um, we talked about when we did the review for the film, but, uh, she was honored as newcomer of the year, the uh, Japanese Academy Awards for this role. And uh, she also performed the song Goodbye Lover, which um, someone can be, I think, listening to on the ship in the, the beginning of the film. Um, uh, she has a, a brief role as the the daughter of the, the scientist who creates Biolante in Versus Biolante. But um, for the most part, this is it for her for kaiju films. Erica. Yeah. Uh, she has been keeping very busy, though. She's like she she has a t- television series called The Woman of SRI, which is like a CSI kind of show based on her main character. Mm-hmm. And it has 22 seasons. Wow. And, and a film came out in 2021, which Good also has. Uh, her her co-star from this film, uh, Ken Tanaka, uh, was a part of that television show as well. So those two from this movie reunited 
decades later for for that TV show. But yeah, so she she went on to I guess crazy television fame. <laughs> I know that. I don't know what it is about drunkards yelling at giant monsters, but it wins for me every single time. <laughs> it, it never fails to entertain. I love that he comes <laughs> back. It's just so ridiculous. And someone was like, so I remember telling, telling that to someone and it was like, is it because that's what you would do? And I'm like, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh... I can't believe Roger Ebert did give this just one star and as bad as a review as as he did. Uh, he he wrote the filmmakers must have known the original Godzilla had many loyal fans all over the world who treasured the absurd dialogue, the bad lip synchronizing, and unbelievable special effects, the phony it's, profundity. I Ugh. I would love to talk to him about that because that's such a condescending opinion of both the franchise and the film that like knowing that he's a, a genre fiction fan of the two of him and Siskel. Um, it, it seems that like he be, would be more keyed into the stuff that Godzilla does. And yeah, I understand and, that like he would also approach films from an academic standpoint, which very few critics do anymore. But um, it, it's just, it makes no sense. His, his quote here on the special effects when Godzilla marches on Tokyo, the buildings are usual fake miniature models made out of paint and cardboard. The tip off is when he rips a wall. Godzilla rips a wall on a high rise and nothing falls out. That's because there's nothing inside. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just it seems like a lazy kind of setting review. Um, well, it, it just doesn't make any sense because the I would say the model work is some of the best technical aspects. Yeah, of I mean, I, I, I would film. agree with that. I think I think it's some of the best model work I've seen in a while in these films. Like and he doesn't it doesn't talk about the pseudomation. He really just digs in on but, those models you know, and the, the dialogue and synchronization of the dub. Patrick, this is kind of also what I was talking about. There's there's this weird tendency, especially at the time, to like make fun of these films merely for existing as opposed to actually consuming them as pieces of art. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I uh, sadly, despite as much respect as I have for him as an essayist and as a film critic, I think that he fell into that, that, that stereotype of the way people viewed these movies. Yeah. One of my favorite things is to go back and, uh, <laughs> look at the actual bad movies that he gave like higher well, scores to. <laughs> again, look at the review he gave. Was it Q? Did <laughs> he give that like three stars? <laughs> I, I, I think it was two and a half. But yeah, well, he, he amended it to three. Oh right, right, right. And, he, and he I'm gave, just like you monster. <laughs> gave higher scores to um, uh, Super Inframan and, and things like that, which is kind of funny. Which is weird because you 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 figure he's probably trying to champion something, but mm -hmm. there's that Dr. Pepper sequence. <laughs> <laughs> A classic. It's like now's the time to refresh your taste buds with was it 23 different flavors. But again, I mean, again, it's not even egregious. Like everyone's drinking something. So it's like, well, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, th this movie did underperform, but. Yeah, you know, we got to talk about 1985 in movie theaters, because when this movie came out, 
Back to the Future was still in theaters. Right. Ram- Rambo was in theaters. Pee-wee's uh, Big First Adventure. Blood or or uh, Rambo 2? I think I think Rambo 2. Uh, I didn't okay. write that down in my notes. That would but make sense. I think First Blood is a little earlier. Um, and then there were two 1984 films that had been re-released in the late summer of 85. Ghostbusters and Gremlins were also playing in movie theaters <laughs> across the, the nation. Man, to be a kid with 10 bucks in yeah, the well, 80s. Like, just, but yeah, just, just imagine that marquee and then being like, what, who would go see the one star rated Godzilla 1985? Oh, this, this kid right here. If I look in to have $10 <laughs> to spend the day at the theater. Oh, I'll, I'll go see Godzilla. I'll go see Gremlins. I'll go see Ghostbusters. Well, to, yeah, but to, yeah. To be honest, even if I had seen Ghostbusters and Gremlins, I probably would have seen one of those again, or gone to Back to the Future, which you know was out I think earlier in that summer. But still, yeah. I mean, I still, I, I as a kid, like I mean, just being a fan of monster movies, I I would have absolutely seen Godzilla 1995 if given the, the option, and then Ghostbusters because it's. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and so we got to talk about our review of this movie. We are going to rate this one as it is, I think, separate enough, just like Godzilla King of the Monsters from the original to warrant it. Yeah. And from, from what I've heard, you, you've enjoyed this movie. Miles. I've what, had a blast, my friend. What's your personal enjoyment for, so for, pers- uh, for purely personal enjoyment? I'm. I think I gave uh, Return of Godzilla a seven. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping this up to a nine. Okay, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty. So I tough. think, just from personal enjoyment uh, purposes, I think this movie does a lot to try to give weight back to the franchise and the cuts that it make. Even though there are some technical aspects that suffer as a result, this movie clips along in ways that made the first one drag. Mm-hmm. And I think it delivers a perfectly fun popcorn experience. Yes, it does not give us the the meaningful purpose of what this franchise started out as, but it with the Raymond Burr scenes tries and all the problems I had with the pacing of the first one have been kind of solved with the new editing and it makes this movie a blast to watch. So, yeah, you, you originally gave it a a seven. Going up to a nine, I'm going to I'm going to increase my enjoyment because there is a kitsch factor that makes this one a little more Mm -hmm. watchable. I gave it a seven as well, giving it an eight out of ten for for this. And you were at a seven before, too, right? Yeah. So we're we're both up on personal enjoyment, which, you know, honestly, a little surprising. What about the technical aspects? So my technical aspects kind of stay the same at an eight. I think Mm -hmm. that all the strengths that this movie had are still there. However, there's a there's a kind of a give and take. The Raymond Burr scenes add so much gravitas. And I think some of the editing editing is really solid. The opening title sequence really just hammers in the severity of the movie. And like we're watching the Godzilla, like, you know, quote unquote death scene. And they're really doing mm-hmm. a great job uh, delivering that. However, there is a lot of mishmash in the editing process um, that, you know, entire storylines get lost. And as a reason, you're like, well, why is this happening? And so 
for that reason, I'm giving it an eight still because right. some problems weren't solved. It definitely solved the problem of how Godzilla's suit looked for the most part. Uh, they solved a lot of the animatronic issues because they just kind of saved his roars and like the teeth snarling and stuff as opposed to all the facial expressions. But Sorry, I'm being distracted by remember giving a soliloquy. <laughs> yeah, this this was both written and spoken by Raymond Burr as a a post coda for for the film. Uh, and, and everything and he also, touches in this movie is gold. <laughs> yeah, and this also keeps it at an eight for me because the amount that he cared about Godzilla really comes through, and so it it keeps everything intact for me despite some of the scripting flaws. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm loath to agree, but I do agree. I'm going to give this an eight out of ten because everything bad about the other American actors is kind of erased by Burr's presence, which is so funny to say, but he balances it so well. This speech is just so good. Yeah, it's, um, it's phenomenal for the evocative. I am knocking it down a couple of points, though, from from where this stands. I think the. The Return of Godzilla is just a really great kaiju film. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe just the one point. Uh, I, I hate to do it, but I'm giving it basically the exact same score as uh, <laughs> Return of Godzilla. Uh, for the evocative, I'm giving it an eight. I believe I gave it a nine for the the original. But what about what about you, Miles? You you gave the original a nine, nine as well. Oh man, that's tough. Because, so, for me, I'm ke- I'm kind of keeping it, but not mm-hmm. for its cultural impact. Because, you know, this movie, ha- I mean, has a reputation of, oh, this movie is so bad. And, like, it's just always been kind of the bottom of the barrel in terms of when you look up, you know, stuff for Godzilla movies. Like, people talk about Godzilla versus the smog monster and Godzilla 1985. And I mean, as anyone who's listened to the show, I mean, we think very, very highly of Godzilla versus Hedera. And honestly, I think that more people who are watching it, I have a friend who was doing a, a Kaiju month with his wife and they just watched Godzilla versus Hedera and thought it was amazing. Kai, so Kai I think June, <laughs> Kaiju. Yeah, they, they were doing Kaiju and um, and uh, they're going through the Heisei era now. And, and they kind of thought the same thing as we did about uh Godzilla 1985 um but had been blown away by the subsequent Heisei films and the Gamera films of the era um so this one's hard because I think the evocative nature because of the addition of Raymond Burr really hammers in the emotional weight of classic Godzilla so I'm keeping my score to nine I I think wow. that this movie is really really solid despite the editing missteps that some stories get lost. I think this just absolutely hammers what the return of Godzilla should be. So that puts your final score at an 8.6 and mine at the same. (laughs) It's what I gave the, uh, the return, which is crazy for me to think, but uh, an eight and our podcast average stays basically the same, though. Same, yeah. Eight, eight out of ten, which... Honestly, that's that's about where I I figured it would be. Well, we, we talked about it when we finished The Return of Godzilla, you know, thinking it's like, you know, is it going to be similar to 
Gojira and King of the Monsters, like a full point or two drop off. And surprisingly, that didn't happen here. No, because I think the, the, the stuff that King of the Monsters does is different. Mm-hmm. Um, King, of, King of the Monsters really um, retranslates the story for an American audience, and they, they, they kind of mix up the story a little bit in a way that is, I mean, to this day, still pretty brilliant. Whereas this just dubbed the film, added in some American scenes, and didn't screw it up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Um, I, so, I, I just, I'm, I'm just still in shock of our, our, our personal enjoyment and, and how, how we, uh, I'm, interpreted this film compared I, to I am, how it's I historically am, interpreted. I am blown away that, <laughs> I mean, I'm not entirely surprised given like the, the stuff that we've watched, the, the opinions that we've given that what, we just, are the, the defenders of Godzilla 1985. But I also, I love that we both enjoyed this movie as much as we did. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with its placement at, at an eight out of 10. I think that is really a score that I wanted it to have. It de- definitely doesn't deserve to be a nine, even though my scores were going to lean that way. Um, I think eight out of 10 is the proper score for this movie to have. I think it deserves reappraisal. I think more people should seek it out. And I really wish there was a good version of this film out there that people could watch like this. What we watched mm-hmm. on the internet archive is perfectly serviceable, but I mean, someone needs to clean this baby up. Yeah. Slap it on a 4k disc and deliver it straight to my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, j- just uh, before we wrap up here, we did get deed give Godzilla King of the monsters an eight out of 10 down from a 10 out of 10 from the original Gojira. So big drop off there. Not so much on the 1985 film, which yeah, like I said, I was surprised. Oh, uh, we have to end this episode. The movie's over. Hope you enjoyed. If you are watching it, however you can watch it and enjoyed us talking over it or <laughs> talking about it if you're uh if you're enjoying it that way um we have already recorded next week's episode because we're going back in time to do this but uh, <laughs> if you still want to talk about godzilla 1985 email us at kaiju versus history find us on twitter at kaiju versus history uh our letterbox account where you can see all of our five-star version of the reviews of kaiju films uh, Miles, thanks for doing this with me. What are we going yeah. to do next week? <sighs> All right. So we, we, we've kind of gone back in time. And um, so thank you, Patrick. And you know, thank you, listeners. Um, I'm stalling because I had closed out all my stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a trip to Korea to watch an independent kaiju fi- flick that's dependent on 1970s Ultraman footage for its action. That's right. Tune in for History versus War of the God Monsters. <laughs> <laughs>